This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our new business show, An Invitation to Meet, an opportunity to hear from some of the most powerful people behind some of the biggest brands in the world. This is a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, hit the link in our show notes. Find a new episode of An Invitation to Meet every Monday morning and why not give it a rate and follow while you're there. Now, let's begin. How do you make an icon? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you you look at brands that you like from the outside and you imagine that there must have been so much thought and work and study and customer feedback groups and, you know, I wish I, wish I could pretend that was the case. This is an invitation to meet David Abramovich, CEO of Grind. They're the coffee company that's made pink the colour for a drink more associated with brown. And in doing so, they're emerging out of a fiercely competitive market to become international players. What's great about Grind is that that it's evolved, and it genuinely has evolved from being something that I set up as a bit of fun in a single coffee shop to many more things. So grab yourself a coffee, freshly brewed, of course. This is a good one. Last year, Grind raised £22 million, which it's using to get into new markets like the US. That investor confidence came following an explosion of interest during lockdown. So when we meet David, I want to know how did a company founded on coffee shops, which all had to shut down during restrictions, manage to turn the pandemic into an opportunity? David, we've had this rather long-running pandemic now. Your company was set up a few years ahead of it. How have you got through this? Yeah, so we we were founded in 2011. So we had, you know, eight or nine years of of, of trade heading into the pandemic. Um, As we come out of it, the business looks very different. You know, we went into it a high street business that had evolved from coffee shops into coffee shops and cocktail bars into restaurants where we serve coffee and cocktails and breakfast, lunch and dinner. And over the years, the sites had got much bigger and, you know, we'd done much more in them. And we were very much rolling those out. We were about to go on site and fit one out on the South Bank. We had more in the pipeline. And then obviously COVID hits and overnight, you you literally, you know, I I spent the, the very last day, I remember it so well, walking around to every site as we as we packed up, just seeing all the teams, trying to reassure them. And yeah, you know, just a crazy experience that you never, you never imagine. You know, those things all trade seven days a week, pretty much 365 days a year. So they're so much a part of my life and the lives of the people who live around them, that to have them close and not be able to go to them 
for extended periods of time was was awful, really. But fortunately, we'd relatively recently completed what at the time was our largest ever fundraise, which was a three and a half million pound Crowdcube raise. And we made a very conscious decision in the summer of 2019, just after that raise, to redeploy one site's worth of money, kind of roughly, which which might be, you know, call it a million quid, into developing other coffee-related products that could be sold online. Um, so that meant investing in a new, bigger coffee roastery, building a, an e-commerce website, sorting out fulfillment, investing in product development, and all those kind of things. So, so we made a very conscious decision to do that in 2019, thankfully. You know, with the benefit of hindsight, it was a, clearly a good decision. Yeah, it sounds quite lucky in a way. To- <laughs> yeah. Look, it was, a, it was a really good decision taken by myself and the board to, to, to invest that money. But the timing of it was really lucky. And even more so because, you know, key bits of equipment arrived in February that enabled us to fully insource our, our production, which meant we could scale from March onwards. You know, we happened to get a couple of containers full of, of packaging through from China just in time. Clearly luck did play a huge part, but maybe we're kind of underestimating what you did there because I think there's a lesson there about the importance of diversity in your revenue, isn't there? I mean, Grind started as just one little coffee shop, but you've expanded out and by doing so, you've protected your business. Yeah, and it's an interesting one because... When I talk to people and try and help them with their business, I tell them to focus, focus, focus. You know, the power of focus is huge. And, you know, trying to do too many things can be a distraction. And it's really important to focus. And that's kind of the opposite of the message to diversify. And yet our diversification has in the end saved the business pretty much. So it's a difficult one. I think diversification is is really important, but I think it needs to be very strategic like laser focused on one or two things. It needs to be obviously adjacent to what you're doing. But one thing you guys did, so talking about focus there, is you started online selling what have become really quite famous, beautifully designed coffee deliveries, haven't you? These pink pink, uh, cans that you have out there. I was really interested actually in why you chose that color i mean did you go through a whole process how much detail did you have to put into it actually it was our very first of three crowdcube raises back in 2015 that led us to the pink because we were given some free advertising space well i think heavily discounted by jc Dassault and crowdcube and ourselves and we actually had you know huge posters in mainline rail stations but we had to come up with something to put on the posters and we didn't really have a color and we didn't really have a logo we had like four or five logos so we took the grind piece that was consistent in all of the logos and kind of put that on its own and then we had one of our favorite photos at the time was um you know we we were using marble in our sites you know everyone uses marble everywhere now but like we we started putting marble into our sites in 2012 or something kind of at the beginning of the word Instagram and all that kind of stuff. We were relatively early in doing that. And there was a great photo we had of a, one of our red cups, you know, like this here, I'm drinking out of one right now, our red ceramic cups, which we've always used. And the light from one of our neon signs, which was pink, hitting this red cup 
and casting like a pink shadow on the marble. And we were literally scratching our heads, playing with all different colours, all different backgrounds, myself and, and Ted, who's now our CMO. And he was there with the colour picker in Photoshop. And he literally just picked a bit of that pink out of, out of this photo and tried that. And we were like, yeah, that looks really cool. And then it stuck. And that came to be, be known as Millennial Pink and lots of other people kind of jumped on that pink around a, sil- a similar time. So, yeah, one of, those, one of those weird moments. I remember it vividly. Does that make you kind of, I, I guess, understand the importance of branding and iconography to a company then and how to stand out? Because you said there that you had all kinds of different things across there, but you've got that word grind. Now you've got this colour scheme. People know as soon as they see it, what that stands for. Yeah, look, I think, I think visual identity and, and brand identity is, is incredibly important, probably even more so in businesses where you have a lot of competition and you're not that easily differentiated from the competition. So, you know, arguably Tesla could, have be, could be called 10 other different things and it wouldn't really matter because the product was so ahead of its time and so different that, that was kind of all that mattered. But if you're competing in fashion or food or, or things where, you know, the spectrum of the, the differentiation is, is smaller, I would say, um, particularly in, in things like food and restaurants, you know, that's one of the key tools that you have to communicate the differences in your brand and to set out what you do. So, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really important. Also, I've always been very clear that we had to be about quality first not brand first we design our stores to look great and we think about where you might be able to take a great photo but there are there are now businesses out there which are kind of primarily designed as as instagram backdrops and then the the quality of the food or drink or product all kind of come second or third to how does the space look and i think at that point it's kind of form over function which I really don't like. Like, I think it should always be highly functional and super high quality. That was an invitation to meet David Abramovich. How about you and I meet again next week? There's a new episode of this podcast available every Monday morning, but you can join us anytime you like. If you hit your follow or subscribe button, we'll leave the door open for you. This has been an invitation to meet. It was a pleasure to meet you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.